0: Welcome into the Say Art of Group podcast. Zach Bennett, Chris Sayer, Nick Sayer, joined by Rick Wallace this episode. Had a great one discussing uh, the importance of relationship building both with our customers and amongst one another. We also have Alex Martinez from the BMW store on as well to discuss his success uh, in sales and all the things he's done transitioning from the service department. Uh, We have that all on this episode. All right, perfect guys. Um, appreciate everyone coming on. How's everyone doing uh, early in on in August?
1: Good. Yeah? Doing good, yeah. Doing doing off, doing off good and start.
2: We were, I won a golf tournament, so yeah. we're we're moving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's no, it is about time. He'll be, <laughs> he'll
1: be the two time defending <laughs> champion there Nick. The two time. Yeah. You know I mean, he, he lapped the field.
0: You're going to be carrying the belts around next I was, day? I was there to witness it. I already broke
2: my trophy. I brought it home, and I set it on the counter, and my cat jumped on the counter and did that little
0: tap thing <laughs> until it fell off
2: and shattered. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well.
0: You're going to have next, next year. It's on
2: the wall, you know. We'll just have flag. to bring
0: it in, hang it up behind us every time we do an episode. That's, <laughs> that's perfect. Um, well, I, uh, we had we had a conversation about what we wanted to talk about. We've been building upon, you know, the last couple of weeks, Talk about positivity over negativity. You know last week talking about commitment and, and uh you know just i guess action you know doing the work and, and you know stop talking about stuff but going after it uh and nick brought this one up about relationship building and so i guess i'll just open it up as kind of the point of conversation and wanted to bring rick on because um for a variety of reasons but i think more than uh over half his customers always just come in they walk in so you go right to your office because they've been buying from me for a long time so i think rick is the number one example that i've seen in sales of someone who has a lot of business from returning relationships. And so uh, I don't know who wants to open with, but that's just kind of the frame of the episode. And, and you know, Rick, if you want to start off the importance of relationships and in, uh, in your experience selling.
1: Well, I think, you know, anytime you're doing anything for 31 years, you get to be, uh, I mean, maybe just by time and default, you get a lot of people, but, uh, no, I think that there's a lot of, uh, I think people need to understand that when you look at this business, it's really not about selling cars. Um, I mean, there's a lot of cars. There's a lot of different makes and models that are out there. I mean, when you, I mean, when you look at half-ton trucks, for example, I mean, the Ford F-150, the Chevy uh, Silverado, uh, the Toyota Tundra, the um, Titan, uh, GMC, Ram trucks, they're all the same. I mean, they all do the same thing. I mean, they really are. And so, uh, really, I you know sometimes people are pretty uh, you know are pretty loyal to certain uh, makes, but I think that's kind of fallen away over the years. You know, I remember, you know, when I was a kid, uh, they you know they have unveilings, and it was really kind of a big thing. People were really loyal to the to their makes, whether it be uh, uh, Buicks or whether it be Chrysler's, Jeeps, Dodges, whatever. I think there's there's there used to be a lot of loyalty, not so much anymore. And I think one of the reasons uh, why we can capitalize on it is that uh, you know people really are more interested in buying from people that they that they know, they like, they can trust. Um, and so I think the first thing is as you go about when you when you're talking with people and your and you're meeting customers and that is really trying to build that relationship with the customer, not so much as just a you know kind of a one time you know. Kind of a one night uh, stand, if you will. I hate to bring that up, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but that's that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for you know kind of a you know a long term uh, kind of relationship, and and I think that there's ways that that salespeople can can do that can make it uh, you know make it successful for them. And so, really, the importance is really there. I mean, it's really the it's really the difference between you know this being a job or this being a career. And I think that uh, the guys that do really well are the guys that are they become more career focused. They become more long term, looking for that type of relationship instead of just the short, quick. uh, You know, Um, if that's the case, it's kind of like you know Kelly and I used to always talk about who has the best heroin. I mean, really, you know, who's got the best deal, (laughs) kind of a thing. Which one's going to give me the you know the most instant gratification? That's where people tend to flock. But the the real solid customers, the ones that you want are the ones that are just going to keep coming back to you over and over and over again. And, you know, I've been pretty lucky and pretty fortunate to have some people that have, you know, had a lot of faith in me. And, and, uh, I think I've tried to tried to earn that. And I think I, you know, I have in some cases, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard. And, and, uh, but it can be done. And it's something that if this is the kind of thing you want to do the rest of your life, you got to change your focus from, um, right now to, okay, how can I cultivate this relationship and make it so I'm not just selling one or two cars, but I'm selling 10, 15, 20 cars.
0: So I wanted to, Chris, you've talked a lot about some that Rick said about the difference between a career and a job, you know, it's something that you've hit on a ton and I think kind of highlighting the difference between the two. What do you see as like the mind shift that people will make when they take more as a career, like Rick said, versus uh, just a, just another job until they find another one.
2: Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think I've, you know, I've had three years now to kind of observe people and their approaches and heard Rick's got a lot of great examples of past people he's worked with that have treated it as a career. And it seems like the difference is it really is building these relationships. It's focused on the little things like a text here and there or, or a happy birthday. Um, even the way they approach the individual, you can tell whether a person is trying to build a relationship or just get the job done, sale. No. So I was actually thinking about this subject um, before we came on, and I found a cool quote that I wanted to read and uh, and see what you guys' thoughts are on it. But <clears throat> it uh, says People buy from people they know, like, and trust. At the start of building a relationship with their buyer, the only thing you can shoot for is trust building trust has to be very obvious from the very first contact you make with your buyer or you kill any chance of starting a dialogue. <laughs> so I thought about that trust and I'll probably shoot this back to Rick, but I, I feel like since I've known Rick, which, which is from when I was a young kid, maybe five, any interaction I've had with him, I, I just naturally get that feeling of trust. And as I got older and I was able to actually lease a car, like, I just knew Rick was going to get the job done right. Like, I just trusted him just naturally and
1: intuitively.
2: And I think, you know, what I want to ask Rick is, what, like, what pointers would you give our guys and gals on how to build trust? Because that seems like the key point of building a relationship. What, what brings trust or how have you found the ability to build trust in, in customers?
1: Well, I, I think you, you say what you're going to do. And then you do what you say, okay? Gosh. So, for example, if I, if I tell you that this is what's going to happen, then I just make that happen, okay? Now, does that mean it's going to be right? Does that mean it's going to work out? Um, no, and, and, and sometimes you have to learn to say, hey, you know, I screwed up or, you know, I made a mistake. And, uh, I mean, that's not something that you want to do over time you know all the time but i think there's i think there's periods of time when you you know when you tell a customer hey you know um you know i goofed up or if there's a problem um the the best way to build trust is if there's a problem with the car if there's a problem with the transaction or what have you you got to you got to get it taken care of right there and then you can't just let it just kind of expect that it's going <laughs> to fall off your desk and Crawl on the carpet and run out the door. I mean, that stuff doesn't happen. You just need to take it and do it. So, so basically, I've always tried to tell guys, is you know, okay, try and tell the customer, okay, here's what, here's what, here's what we're going to do. This is, these are the steps. This is what's going to happen. And they just make that happen. And, and that alone kind of builds a little, you know, it builds trust in the fact that, okay, you know, one, this person kind of has an idea what they're doing. Okay. And, um, you know, gosh, she's professional enough or she's professional enough or whatever to make it kind of make it kind of happen. So, um, you know, I think, I think, um, that's, that's really important in the trust thing. Okay. And, and I think that a lot of people, you know, they're not going to buy from you if they don't trust you. Um, they're certainly not going to buy from the dealership. They're certainly not going to want to do business here that they don't trust the people that are here. Okay. If they, if there's an issue, um, you know, it's, and it's things that we battle, you know, we battle every day in service. We battle every day in the sales floor is really trying to build that trust. And I think it's just little things that kind of help cement that it's not, it's not really big things. It's just little things that kind of just kind of put everything together.
0: Yeah. Nick. And I I think one of the things that Rick was talking about of like being able to answer questions, I know BMW customers and BMW itself put a lot of emphasis on product knowledge, like the BMW genus and everything. For salespeople that you've seen, how important is it for them to understand their product, understand what they're selling and how that helps, you know, make those deposits of trust uh, along their relationship with the customer? Uh,
3: It makes a huge difference. Um, I've worked alongside both Rick Wallace and I worked seven years-ish with Rick Williams, the previous general manager at BMW. and he was very informative when it came to the product um the product knowledge all that kind of stuff very helpful in that that aspect customers trusted his opinion um when they come in and ask him what he really thought about you know the X5 or whatever model that they might be looking at um and they trusted Rick's Rick's uh, opinion on those models um and you know it really it really helped drive his success overall um but again working with both Rick Wallace and Rick Williams um Kind of from an outsider perspective you know I, I like rick talked about a little bit but relationships are are kind of the key to making this a, a long-term career you know for a lot of guys whether you know you're starting in sales or service or wherever um it's all about the relate relationships that you form with your customers um and with your your other employees as well um i've now taken over as the general manager at bmw and it's kind of funny to see how many customers really did, you know, look and view Rick as a friend, you know, not just a the the general manager at BMW, but truly viewed him as a friend. Um, they come in, they introduce themselves, say, "Hey, you know, I'm so and so. I've been buying cars for you know ten years from Rick Williams. Um, he was an awesome person, very personable, always cared about me as a person. Um, and you know, that's ultimately." Ultimately, what drove to so many sales, I think, for for Rick and those repeat customers is um, his ability to connect with people and view it as you know a chance to establish a friendship or relationship with somebody else, not just sell them a car and have it be a one-time thing. Kind of what, like what Rick talked about. Um, if you're invested in the people, you're invested in the product, um, you're gonna you're gonna find success, and people can sense that, you know. And I think that's another. Ad- key advantage that we have in, in a dealership setting that maybe Tesla and those um, other brands don't have is the ability to connect to establish those personal relationships right um, it's nice to know that you know if my car breaks down and I'm out in the middle of you know Tetons or whatever I can call Rick Williams or Rick Wallace or Nick Sayer or Chris Sayer or whoever your salesperson was and uh, know that they're going to answer and they're you can trust them to take care of you um, and get you out of any situation that you might be in where, you know, those relationships are non-existent with some of those other um, yeah. those other brands. So that's my two cents on that that part of that question.
0: Yeah, I feel uh, it reminds me of, like, when we started talking about this and, and just some of the thoughts of uh, Jocko Willick and when he talks about, like, leadership capital, how you have to, you know, you treat it like a bank where you're not just constantly taking deposit or withdrawals, you're making deposits constantly so that when you need to, you know, you know do something important in terms of you know reprimand reprimanding somebody or you have stuff to pull from i think the relationships are exactly the same way whether it is with customers or uh with your fellow co-workers if you're constantly asking stuff of people like asking them to buy a car asking them to do this for you um but you're not willing to do like rick said you know and or you know nick brought up too like a service thing it's not just end with the sell it's when they have a question or a concern that pops up, a check engine line that comes on, instead of avoiding their calls and, and acting like you don't work here anymore. And then they walk in, you see them, and you run in the back, which I've seen before. Uh, you answer their call, you go to the service department, you find out what's going on, you schedule their appointment, you offer to do X, Y, and Z. And I know, um, having you know worked with Rick for a long time, if it's something with a, something we sold that we, want, that we want to take care of the customer, if you go to them straight from the beginning and outline what's going on, we're, we're here to help them and and we'll make sure that they're taken care of from beginning to end. And it's when you push it off, push it off. And then all of a sudden it makes it a service. And all of a sudden and then, then they call and ask for Rick saying that my salesperson won't get back to me on this <laughs> issue, that it becomes a problem. And mm-hmm. I imagine it's the same at BMW and the same sure. at Nissan. Yeah. And so, you know, that relationship capital, you have to be going above and beyond if you want to have repeat buyers. Um, mm-hmm. If you want those people to come back to you, you can't just sell them and then, hope they never talk to you again you have to sell them yeah. like chris said reach out on the birthday reach out on the vehicle anniversary and then when do, when not not if problems come up cuz they're vehicles but you know when yeah. they do you're there to help them out i think is one of the most important elements
3: i think i think that's one of the the most rewarding parts about this job you know being in sales is the re- relationships that you uh, make with people um i was talking with johnny one of our sales guys and he sold a a couple that like to golf a lot about 2 months ago And he came in my office and he's like hey if i sell x amount of cars will you take me golfing up to the country club i was like yeah well for sure i'll do that but um on that note he told me that he'd gone out golfing two or three times with that couple that he'd just sold a car to (laughs) after he sold you know i was like that's really cool that's a sincere relationship um where yeah they did come in they bought a car from you but you actually care enough about the people to to uh, go golfing with them spend time with them And who knows maybe that that relationship will flourish into a a long-lasting friendship you never know what you're going to get out of some of those things Um, but if you're sincere about it you put forth an effort to establish a relationship let your customers know you care about them Um, it pays off big time you know a million of examples from rick williams too of customers that he went skiing with hiking with Mm -hmm. and just created a, a relationship outside of work with customers as well that goes a long ways you know those customers have your trust for life they tell all their friends about hey if you ever need a car go talk to rick williams or rick wallace or Nick there whoever They they trust you that you're going to take care of them their friends the same way that you take care of them so i think it's one of the most rewarding parts about this job um from a customer standpoint but a coworker standpoint as well um you know chris and i grew up in the and being around the car business our whole lives and i think that was one of the coolest things looking back as a kid is just um you know seeing the relationships that my grandpa had with the sales managers and the salespeople, um you know a lot of those were long lasting customers you know same with my dad now you know he's worked alongside Rick Wallace for a long time um you know with Rick Williams uh, Matt Jolly uh, a lot of the managers you know that he's he's created a, a good relationship with and uh, i think it you know i look back at that and that's something that i desire you know to have with with my employees as well is um uh, is a good you know trusting relationship that you know sometimes that that turns into a friendship of you know golfing outside of work whatever it doesn't necessarily have to be that though um, but having a, a solid um relationship with with your employees too i think is a is a very rewarding and makes the workplace a lot more enjoyable to be to work at
0: yeah rick i, I wanted to pick your brain on the the idea of like referrals and so like the generic question of how mm-hmm. much easier is it to sell Someone that's referred to you than yeah. someone just walking in on
1: the lot. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, uh, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of, uh, you know, there's, there's tons of examples of people that have bought and then um, they sent, they sent their friends in and, uh, you know, maybe their family members in. I mean, there's, there's too many to, to, sing, to, sing, to single out. But the issue really is, is that the people come in are so much easier. You know and 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 the way I've always dealt with it is that i've I've never wanted to play games with people that are you know and I don't like to play the game in either you know the 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 game um if somebody wants to play it, I guess we can play but but for the most part, when I'm dealing with people that I know, it's generally it's always been look here's here's my deal, this is what I can do for you. I've always treated them fair um and and i mean really when when it's all said and done. Um, you know, and you're laying there in that uh, in that uh, pine box or whatever. You hope that the people you hope that the people can say like, hey, you know, that guy was fair. He was always honest. He was always uh, he always treated me real well. Yeah. And uh, but they're so much easier. I mean, when you think about what it takes to what it takes to really get a customer here, and you take about and you think about the money that's invested to try and get customers to come to the store. And, and then you hope that the salesman is like, or the salesperson is, you know, up to bat, ready to go. Um, You know, I mean, we swing and miss uh, quite a, quite a lot in that, in that regard. I mean, it's, it's just really difficult. Um, But when we get somebody that we know, they come in and, You know their friends or their family members sent them in to see you um, because you treated them well. The number one thing you have to do is you have to treat them the same way you would have treated that treated that person that you sold before. If not, you're really you're really kicking yourself, uh, you know, in the head. So you got to make sure that you treat them the same way, and and just give them the same parameters that you gave those uh, the people that you sold before, and generally. I mean, do you miss occasionally? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you do. Sometimes it's just not quite what they want or or what have you. But generally when you start talking about the numbers and the deal and all, it becomes much easier. It's very simple. Usually when the car's there, I mean, and they like the car and 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 everything, the deal's really it's really easy. So I mean I've watched a lot of guys over the years and and I've been around a lot of guys that have been really, really successful in um you know, getting repeat and referral business. Um, I worked with a gentleman in Pocatello who, uh, you know, he worked there for a long time. They sold Mercedes uh, down there and uh, he just, he never took enough. I mean, everything he did was just repeat referral, just by appointment kind of thing. And I mean, the guy, you know, he kind of worked part time. He wasn't there very much, but I think he still sold 12, 15 cars a month. Imagine in his heyday, he probably sold, you know, 30, 35. And I've worked with a lot of guys like that who just they just they understand that look if I'm going to be in this business I might as well make it easy on myself and uh, instead of beating my head up against the wall every day um, and so they cultivate these relationships and like Nick was saying some of my some of my best friends some of some of my great friends that I you know I moved here 31 years ago didn't know anybody uh, in town just the guys I worked with um and i've been able to build a lot of friendships and a lot of uh you know uh great long lasting relationships with people that are above and beyond above and beyond what the car business really is you know so so from that standpoint i think it's uh i think it's important that that boy when you get somebody um treat them right uh treat them the way you know you'd want to be treated as well. And I'm telling you, there's a reason why we continue to go. We go to the same restaurants. Uh, we go to the same convenience store. We go to the same, we do the same things. We, it, And boy, if one of your customers is buying things from you and they sell stuff, you better go buy from them. Okay. Um, and it's not that it's just it's that's how you build that relationship. Okay. And that's how you get things. That's how you make it work is. And, and when you go to buy from them, um, you don't beat them up. You don't, you know, you, 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 if they give Old you a number, he's
0: probably taking me to the cleaners, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? but I mean, it's Never just, negotiated it's just, dime.
1: it's just one of those things that you have to do. That's how you build the relationships. And, um, uh, and it's taking care of the people I mean, you know Ronnie was like a second father to me, and I you know miss him dearly, and he used to come in and sit down and just sit and talk about stuff. We talked about just crazy <laughs> you know just things that you know like a son would talk with their dad about and just chit chatting about things and uh, you know uh Kelly and i've have, have had a have had a great relationship over the years um and it's always been that they just we've just had that uh we've had that relationship it's it it there. i don't think we've ever raised our voices to each other <laughs> um and i think it's always just been you know whether i agree with 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 what he said there's times i don't but and i've stated my disagreements um chris and i've had those um and uh but we there's there's mutual respect, and there's understanding, and we've been able to work through it. Um, and with and with your employees, I think it's just it's important that you treat them uh, the way you the way you wanted to be treated as an employee. And um, Ronnie Ronnie made this made this comment to me when I very first started working for him. This is in 1997. Um, Ronnie came up to me and he said, "Now understand that you are now responsible for." Forty-seven people, forty-seven families, in that they have dinner on their, on their, tables every night. And I thought about that over the years. It's a it's a big responsibility. But every one of those people that have worked for me, I've I've had tremendous respect for. I've I've liked them, um, and they've done they've done good work uh, for us. Uh, some have left, uh, you know, for whatever reasons. But uh, I think we've always tried to do what Ronnie always tried to teach us, and that was you take care of them. And they'll take care of you, and uh, like Nick said, it's uh, it's very important.
0: So the the element of like how important it is, how important is it for you know use a, a salesperson or manager or whatever to have a relationship with the people you work with? We've talked a lot about customers, but how can having a positive relationship, if you're a salesperson with the other salespeople, uh, how can that positively impact your ability mm-hmm. to sell cars?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to, to think about that. And, you know, one thing that stuck out to me when I first started in this business, too, was just the amount of hours we spend here can be crazy. And I started thinking about the people around me and, and my coworkers. And, you know, I, I, I thought to myself, we, this is our lives. This is that person's life, eight hours to 10 hours a day. Uh, we ought to treat each other respectfully and build each other up because, in a sense, we spend more time with each other than our own families. So we, we are family. So just from an overall lifestyle point of view, we, we definitely should work to build good relationships and treat each other kindly and try to uplift each other as a team because we're, we're spending a majority of our time here, frankly. And I think when we do that well, and there's ebbs and flows, but when we do it well, I think our our goal, which is to sell cars, it just goes much more smoothly. When salesmen are backing each other up or management's communicating well to the salespeople or vice versa, it just seems like our objective is so much easier to meet. And one challenge we have that, that Rick and I are going to work on going forward that I think will take us to another level is if we can... Uh, between the two the divisions like service and sales and parts if we can get that relationship stronger and build communication lines there we'll be on fire and and opportunities we've never even thought of will probably present themselves over time so i think it is very important we tend to overlook it because yeah we want to sell 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 cars but you know if you can have a good team behind you and build good relationships here at work what whatever position you're in you'll I think your job will be easier. Your goals will be more easily achieved. So it is huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And I think about it, I think, you know, any type of relationship that ends up deteriorating, it always goes down to like selfishness, Mm -hmm. you know, and people uh, looking after themselves and only themselves. And, you know, sometimes it's one person in a relationship or it can be both at the same time. And so if you're a salesperson on a floor and you're always selfishly looking out for you and, you know, always trying to, uh, to have your best interest in every interaction with the salespeople, uh, then you will ultimately over time deteriorate every relationship to where you really have got to hunt for yourself and, and mm-hmm. watch your back on every single interaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the other side of it is if you are willing to help others on the floor without gain, uh, then your ability to um, you know ask things of others are going to be greatly improved. Uh, that way, you don't have to always be worrying about, you know, and you know, being here on your off day because a customer can, may come in because you know that hey, they're going to give me a call and let me know if someone's in, we can work something out. Um, I think that's pretty overlooked because you know, being a full commission job, sometimes that pressure of of trying to get on every half deal or get on every single customer possible mm-hmm. rises, and and I get it, but in a in a way that doesn't make sense. Truly, sometimes if you're willing to do things for other people without personal gain over time that will make you more money because people are gonna be looking out for you as well because they know that you would do the same
1: for them. Yeah. I mean there's no question about the idea, the concept, if you want, if you want to get what you want, help somebody get what they want and yeah, they'll pull you with. True. I mean, it again it goes back to is this a career or is this just a job? Because I think the short sightedness, and I've worked in what we call some sharp tanks before where, you know, nobody wanted to <laughs> yeah. nobody wanted to take nobody wanted to take a day off because, you know, somebody come in and ask for uh you know, Rick Wallace and the the other salesman would say, Yeah, do you know his middle name? And the guy would say, No, I don't. And he said, Okay, well uh, my name is Jim, can I help you? I mean it was just like uh you know, we Stressful. call it skating. Yeah. And it was bad. I mean it's yeah. it and and you know, years ago I think it was it was pretty I mean it was just, you know, you know, kill or be killed was kind of the mentality. Right. But I think I've worked with some guys, you know, over the years, I've worked with a lot of people who, you know, they taught me that, you know, look, if, if, you know, Nick's out with a customer and another customer comes in and they want to drive something and they're Nick's customer, you know, I'm, I, I've always felt like, okay, I'm going to help Nick. I'll just put the guy out in the car and, and help him. And if not, and when they come back, if Nick's still helping those other people, I might sit down and go through everything and, and do it. Okay. my my feeling is if I do that for Nick, there's probably going to be a time when Nick's going to do that for me.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay. And and I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. I think uh, you know Chris is spot on. We do spend a lot of time here, probably way too much. Okay. Um. And I think you know it's just the nature of retail. Right. Okay. I think it's yeah. no matter what retail establishment you're in, it just takes a lot of time, and and it's You know, and it's not easy on families, it's not easy on, you know, spouses. You know, they have to be pretty flexible. I mean, it's it's difficult to be to, you know, live with somebody who's in the car business. Trust me, my wife's done it for 31 (laughs) years. It's been it's difficult. But the fact of the matter is, early on I saw this, I saw this opportunity, I took it, I wasn't quite sure where it was headed. Um, but it's taken me and my family to, you know, pretty good place. You know, I've been very blessed, very lucky and I've worked for some, you know, worked for some fantastic people, most notably Ron and and Kelly have been just fantastic, great people. And, uh, but if you want, what I've always looked at is if Rick Wallace wants what he wants, I'm, I want to help Kelly sir, get what he wants. Okay. And if I help Kelly sir, get what he wants, I'll get mine. It's the same thing. If I want, if I want something to happen, I want Zach it to get what he wants. I want Chris Sarah, I want Nick Sarah, I want Tyson Wallace, I want Matt Adams, I want all of them to get what they want. Because if they do their part, it's amazing how, how well they lift you up with them. It's like they just pull you up, the, pull you up the, the scale. And that's the part of, that's long-term thinking instead of, and I get it. I got to put some food on my table. I, you know, I got bills to pay. I get that. Um, but if, but if you take that long-term approach, it'll be much better for you than just, uh, you know, just that quick fix yeah. that goes away. And when it goes away, generally you're worse off than you were when you started. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, overall, I don't know if anyone has any other thoughts kind of end with, um, well, just, just to that last
2: point, like there's definitely a lot of ebbs and flows, uh, in the lead generation for this business that stood out to me as i've worked on marketing but if you're a guy or gal that has worked on relationships then you can still count on that two three four car deals a month even in tough times because you've built those relationships mm-hmm. and you have have people that rely and trust you to get them a car when they need it and if you don't work on those things it can be very stressful if you're relying 100 percent on ups I mean, when times get tough, you're going to be in the bottom of the barrel yeah. because you don't have those people. So I think Rick has definitely demonstrated a lot of, you know, a lot of ability to um, build those friendships and, tr- and relationships because I-, I don't see much of this fluctuation in his sales at all, per- like personally. And that's because he's got that constant revolving door of those people that he's built relationships with. They're always going to buy from Rick up or down sideways. It doesn't matter. So if people could kind of emulate that and Williams, like you said, he kind of did a similar Mm -hmm. thing. I just don't think there's the crazy ups and downs. If you build that community around you, especially in a smaller town like ours, it's even more important, but they'll always be there for you. Uh And if, if you just keep, uh, cultivating those relationships I yeah you you will avoid the stressful super downs definitely
0: more so yeah Man, I think selling in today's environment I think well with everything we have at our disposal I don't think there's ever been a better opportunity to actually stay in touch with your customers oh. you know with a million different ways oh, to yeah. do it and if you take it seriously you know one of the biggest concerns everyone has about sales in general doesn't matter what career you're in is the stability of it Are like you mentioned the ups and down factors well, if you really take that part seriously, where you are uh, doing everything you can to cultivate to stay in contact, to stay front of mind, uh then like you said, those up and downs will continue to get mm-hmm. the floor will rise and the ceiling will get higher mm-hmm. so your your good months will turn into great months, and your bad months will be pretty dang good uh, by yeah. year over year standards and absolutely
1: so, and i and I think if you I think if you look at it if you're in the business a year, okay, I think you've been if you've been selling cars for a year you probably should be getting, you know, a couple. And after that first year, you probably each month should be selling two to three new ones. So the goal, I think, the goal always seems to be like it's like 15 cars, okay? It's like, that's always been like the, uh, man, if I can sell 15 cars, you know, I'm going to hit it out of the park. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a good deal, you know. You know, (laughs) uh, mama's going to get new shoes kind of a thing. It's going to be good, okay? All right? (laughs) But if you, and so- it's, it's hard to sell 15 cars. Okay. It really is. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of determination, a lot of organization, a lot of drive, just a lot of just, you know, staying out of the huddle, staying out of all the, you know, the BS and just keep going. Okay. Yeah. Well, after a year or so of grinding, you know, now you got two or three. Now i now like, to sell 15, all I got to do is sell 12. Right. You know, 12 or 13 right. after two years, three years, I'm probably sitting at six, maybe seven a month. Now I'm sitting there going, like, geez, I only got to sell like seven or eight. And after five years, if you're doing this great, I mean, you're going to get ten or twelve people coming in every month, and you'll be like, going, geez, you know, I got to be able to stumble into two or three. <laughs> and you know, I mean, but but now now it makes twenty. And 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 the secret to these guys that are selling 40 and 50 and 60 a month. And there are guys out there that are doing this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Consistently. It has nothing to do with the product they're selling. It has nothing to do with the process or what, however, you know, their boss likes them. And so he gives them skinny deals and they give them better leads and all that. No, the idea really boils down to is like, that's a person who follows up with his people, Mm -hmm. stays in touch with them. And it just happens. And it, I mean, it just, it just happens. But if you treat them well, take care of them. And I've always said this, you know, I want, I want somebody who's going to take care of me after. Okay. When you look at when you look at a deal, what's the three parts, you know, what's a good deal. The first part of the deal is it's the car I want to buy. It's the car I want to drive. Okay. Number two, it's that the price I can afford. And number three, it's from somebody who's going to take care of me after the sell, guys. 33% thirty three percent of the deal is only price okay thirty three percent of the deal is somebody who's going to take care of them. I've said this to people, and I mean this, and I have no um this this isn't casting any bad things on the city I'm going to mention because it's a good place, but I wouldn't spend five hundred bucks i wouldn't I wouldn't say five hundred bucks to drive to Shelley to buy a car, okay, and the reason why I say that. <laughs> Is because I want to buy it from the guy who's going to take care of me, and the guy who's going to be here in town, he's going to take care of me, is who I want to buy it from. You know, I might be able to save six hundred bucks going here or eight hundred bucks here, whatever. Fine, great, but guys, that's one third. That means that there's two thirds of the of the equation are completely different than the price. Yeah. And guys, if you want to make and gals, if you want to make that one third really count. Take care of them, okay. If there's an issue, take care of them, and you'll. It's amazing the trust factor that'll come up. Now it may not be what they want to hear. They may not like the. They may not like what they. What's wrong? But let's get the thing fixed, and let's get it uh, done. I mean, we're we're all friends with a certain individual whose cars, you know. And I heard about it for a whole day golfing, and it was great. Okay, I mean, but he trusts us. You're going to buy more cars from us, even though it's not going the way he wants it to go. He understands, and and that's really the key, is that that guy's built a trust with all of us, and especially with Kelly, and we're taking care of it. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Nick, and yep. and it's going to be fine, and he's and and everybody's stepping in. So, just take care of your customers, make them the most important thing in your life at that time when they're there, and. Believe you me, you'll hit it out of the park all the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, any other thoughts, Nick? Do you have anything to close with? Or?
1: Um,
3: just some final remarks for me, you know, just piggybacking what Rick said early on is I think for salespeople, whether you're just starting out or been here a while, um, you need to decide if this is just a job or if this is a career for you. Uh, if If it's just a job, you're not going to put in the time, you're not going to care about the relationships. That you establish with the people you meet customers uh, or with your uh, fellow employees if you view it as a career somewhere you you view, view yourself staying long term you're going to care a lot more about who you're working with you're going to care about the people that you talk to every single day and that's going to pay off in the long run you know it's going to help establish those those uh, you know repeat customers it's going to it's going to bring all the referrals in um, and make your life so much easier as a salesperson, but it takes time to get to that point. That's not something that happens overnight, but that, you know, that's what a career is, right? It's a, you know, it's a lifelong thing that you invest everything you have into. um, And hopefully you get everything and more back out of it. So if you view this as a career for yourselves, um, you know, listen to, listen to the advice from, from Rick and those around you of the importance of relationships and and figure out ways that uh, you can, you can, Become better at, at uh, building relationships. You know that's that's a skill in itself as well to be able to to build relationships and uh, and gain people's trust. So just that's probably the first question that you need to to ask yourself: Is this a job or is this a career for me? And if it's the latter, then um, you know figure out you know, how to become very skillful at, at uh, establishing relationships and and nurturing those. So
1: yeah. if it's going to be just a job. Save yourself the brain damage right. and the time. Yeah, yeah. I've said this numerous times.
3: Go work, <laughs> yeah, a double,
1: yeah. go work a double shift at Common Sense, right? Yeah, that's right. You'll yeah, make more graveyard. money. They pay double in the graveyard shift. <laughs> and you make more money <laughs> and you have less headache, okay? Because yeah. you're going to spend just as much time. Yeah. So
2: yeah. Take that action item. Go have any of your managers pull up a list of your sold customers if you, if you don't know how to access that and start making calls in your downtime. I think it just starts there make calls to those customers say hi how you doing how's life
3: anything i can do for you how's the I mean, car It's not crazy hard how's yeah. the car how many miles you put on it where are we at you know, what's your how's your experience been with yep. the car you know just and just yeah showing that you care outside of you know see the car see the keys see you later you <laughs> yeah know? so hey, yep.
0: And That's I think it. just to, like, just touch on what the, you know, weekly focus for this week, uh, you know, had Rick go through the, the gaining commitment from customers and the three questions that you got to ask before you take them to a pencil in order to have the highest success possible. And I think, you know, do you like the car? Is there anything about the car you don't like? And if we make the figures agreeable, you agree to buy today. And, you know, we touched on with the referrals, but whether it's the relationship is the most important part of that. Because, one, you have to feel confident enough to ask those questions is, you know, believe it or not, it is tough sometimes to get to that point and to get them committed. Uh, but if you have the relationship where you went on the test drive, you develop that, and you you feel a friendship. But even better if they, if it's a, a buyer that's coming back, if it's a referral that's given to you, then that part's not even that part's not going to be part of the equation. They're going to already trust that you're going to give them the best deal possible. And so mm-hmm. it feels uh, so much easier to ask that question. Uh, than it would be just to some random person you met, you know, an hour and a half ago that you're now to that point. Yep. So, focus on uh, focus on both of that, and I appreciate Rick stopping by. Yep. Thanks for for all the thoughts, guys. Yeah, thanks, uh, Rick. Thanks. Uh, long, continue you know, to long, foster that relationship. Long, long,
1: long flight in. I'll be. Uh, <laughs> a good flight here, you know, uh, Hopefully, it puts you up in a good spot today. <laughs> <In> first class. <laughs> go out to the ribbon chop and
0: get ourselves a nice steak on there the same time. <laughs> all right. All right. Plan. Thanks. All right. So. I uh, want to thank Alex. We got Alex on the pod now, salesperson over at B- BMW. Had tremendous success. Also started in the service department. So, Alex, I wanted to have you give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. How long have you been over there at BMW? Been selling.
4: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. And uh, I've been doing sales probably been a whole year now, actually. It's okay. been a whole year. So, it's a transition from feel like service to sales was wasn't too bad. I had a good uh, management so they tracked me right where it wouldn't put me to where I could just start taking off. So it's been good.
2: What what do you think drew you to the sales side, Alex, from service and kind of what would you attribute your quick success to
4: on the sales side? I think just uh the customers, knowing the customers that I have I've worked with there in service, kind of knew what to expect going into sales, what kind of customers I was gonna be dealing with. What their priorities are, how to how to how to work with them, obviously. Like, uh, Thing, but then also just uh, having the management side
1: guide me on the way to get get takeoff. So. Okay, cool. You want to? We're
0: gonna have Nick Sayer hop in here. <laughs> <laughs> What's good? Now how we, we you gotta stop talking trash. Now, <laughs>
2: Nick's here. <clears throat> All right, so where are we at? So Alex just told us how long he's been transitioned and uh, a little bit about how he's had success on that side by just knowing the service customers, kind of understanding them as people. Kind of goes back to our conversation previously about building relationships. And it's interesting to me, Alex, because I think there's a huge opportunity for all our locations to have salesmen kind of working on the service side or or just spending time with service customers uh and developing those relationships like you got to as an employee on that side but just because it is part of the life cycle the sales life cycle and there's probably a lot of people that would love to get out of their uh current problem per se like yeah. and, and get into a new ride and we just don't really harvest those opportunities so yeah do you do you see the potential, I guess, that I see in that, should you know, what could we do going forward, maybe to harvest that better?
4: No, of course. I mean, uh, just having that. Sometimes when they come in, I mean even our management has told us, even if they're in for service, approaching and saying hi. A lot of times, just saying hi, it can turn them around. And be like, oh, actually, you know, I was looking at maybe getting a trade-in value or something. So mm-hmm. it, even just saying hi to them, as so you're walking by, I feel like we've got actually a few sales just from doing walking by and just saying i how are you how you know what are you in for today asking them what they're in and they might just say oh while well, you're here can you get me a training appraisal just do, doing that for them sometimes we'll get them to turn and get into something just like you say if there's a problem with their car make it go into something new that doesn't have a problem and has a warranty something like that so yeah yeah
3: yeah i'm shocked at you know the amount of times that i'll walk by the service department there um in the waiting area and You know i'll see customers scrolling on their phones and what they're scrolling at they're on our website you know looking (laughs) at what cars we have on the website you know so there's definitely opportunities you know in that service department to um establish relationships as we talked about earlier you know just sit down say hello what are you in for um and and just see where that conversation takes you
2: yeah Uh, when i lived in phoenix um i would go to the jeep dealership there for service.
3: And almost every
2: time I'd have two to three salesmen approach me during my visit, just sitting there in the lobby. And, you know, they would quickly realize there's nothing to be had there because our family's in the, in the business. I would <laughs> let them know that early. So then they'd be like, oh, well, cool. Nice to meet you. Have a nice day. But I think I thought of it as a pretty genius approach. Uh, if I weren't in the situation I'm in, in the car business to, to drum up a new sale. Cause you know, car fixing cars is annoying and takes a lot of time. And, and if you can present me a deal to get out of my situation, I think that'd be huge, uh, for a lot of people. Um, what things have you enjoyed or what on, on the sales side and what have been your biggest struggles so far?
4: Uh, I've enjoyed just being able to, it's kind of self self-motivating there you know just it depends what what your mindset is is what you're gonna get done so having a goal just knowing that you can reach whatever your goal is having a mindset will well, help you achieve that but I think I've enjoyed that it's a little bit ma- more uh, self-driven um, trying to find your yourself obviously and trying to connect with people and finding a way to to reach your goal obviously that's mm-hmm. what I've really enjoyed um, obviously big thing is having a good management as well and being able to rely on them and be able to get help if needed. So that's something that I really enjoyed. just working kind of more independent as opposed to in service. I had to rely on a whole bunch of other guys to get Mm -hmm. stuff done. And so that's one thing I really enjoyed, just being able to be independent. So
2: yeah, yeah, I've always tried to kind of portray to our salespeople that you kind of are running your own business within a business. I mean, to some extent, you represent us, the brand. Um, you have the ability to do whatever activities you want to uh, build those relationships or outreach to people you've sold or market yourself, in a sense, under our umbrella. And build that book of business through those relationships. So that's cool. I, I think that is something that is, is cool about the sales side. We all need to realize that to some extent. But What are,
3: what are some similarities that you've seen from... The service working in service and working with sales are there any skills or things that, um, you know, are alike or has it been completely different for you? Is, what do you, what's your experience been with that?
4: I feel like it has been a little bit different, um, just because the sense of a lot of times when customers are in for service, they're upset, you know, for whatever reason, if their car's broken down, need to pay a big bill, whatever, as opposed to working in sales, usually it's a, lo- a little bit different because they're. A little bit on the happier side because you they know they're, they're going to get a new car mm-hmm. um, but i feel like the one thing similarity is uh trying to figure out personality and trying to match it obviously if they're upset then you try to accommodate them to make them feel not upset in the service side and as opposed to on the sell side you have to make sure you match the personality if they're not very outgoing just kind of try to you know match it and that's one similarity i found okay. just having a match. Personality That, there, that so. mirroring. Yeah. I think
3: Zach's hit on that yeah, a lot. We've just, talked a lot about that lately. Um, what are, uh, what are some key takeaways that you took from the service and implemented into maybe your sales process?
4: Definitely just, uh, being in the customer service side of service, uh, just getting to know how the customers, what they expect is what really took away from that I was able to take away from service to bring into sales and kind of go, a little bit above and beyond for them and show them how it should be you know with the transition of sales and how it can be a process that can be smooth and make it smooth for them because I know sometimes in service it wasn't such a smooth process because they weren't happy of how it was handling so i took that and made sure that if it was in the sales process to make sure they're treated like a, they should be and make sure it's a bmw experience yeah <laughs> bmw experience yeah. <laughs> that's right
2: That's right. Like setting expectations. Has that played a big role? I think the service people are probably a little sharper at that than uh, we can be on the sales side. Do you utilize skills in that area? Kind of setting the customer up to understand the process and how does that, how do you approach that, I guess, on your sales?
4: Yeah. I mean, I just definitely like to be, the biggest thing on my, for me is just being uh, organized and explain to them everything, how it all works and how fast and everything the process will take yeah kind of give them an idea right up front so they're not thinking oh, i'm gonna sit here for two hours and huh. you know trying to get the car deal done so i try to be upfront with them to tell them what our process is and try to help out and make it as smooth as possible for them so sweet yeah
3: nice um any other th- things you'd like to share of your transition from from uh service to sales anything else that stuck out to you or mm-hmm. or uh any insight into that
4: uh really just like i think the the building the relationship with the service department it's like you guys said it's kind of just like especially i feel like i'm not sure here at dodge but bmw i feel like it's a little bit of a smaller dealer so we kind of see the same customers a lot yeah so if you build a relationship with one of those people they're gonna know you yeah. when they're coming in for service they're gonna know you that you're the go-to guy for for buying a new car it's yeah. it's something that they you build a relationship there with them I actually have a customer that I've sold their their parents the daughter and now I'm working on their their son so you build a relationship they're gonna pass you on to to all their family members if they have a good experience so that's
3: really interesting another question how's your relationship with the service advisors now being in their situation before kind of understanding the uh, high pressure situation that they're in you know like you said not always dealing with the most happy customers um how has your relationship been with working with the sales or service advisors when you need assistance in the service department
4: yeah i think just from knowing how it was when i was in service i know that i have to give the customer an expectation of what's how what's going to happen and a lot of times they're like oh we need it done today and i'll try to tell them well it might be a little backed (laughs) up i can get you in a loaner car or something let me set an appointment up with my service department we'll get you taken care of so I think I since I know what it's like working in service, I know that I can't just push him to do like I need this done today, so right. <laughs> I think they appreciate that where I yeah. kind of know they're usually booked out, so yeah, yeah, I
3: think that's one thing that sometimes the sales side doesn't understand, you know that the service department you know a lot of the times they're operating at you know a high level and you know just running up to him and asking if they can squeeze a car in and have checked out or or fixed immediately um can probably be pretty offsetting for a service advisor and, and uh, you know, probably create a negative relationship in some ways. So I think having a relationship like, like Chris had talked about too, trying to get the service and sales to work together, um, to, to have an understanding of one another's job roles, um, what goes on in their departments, um, understanding their challenges. Um, I think that's an important part of, of, uh, you know, working, together as a dealership is is uh, understanding the different roles that everybody has and um, respecting their job Um, but yeah, I was just curious of you know how your relationship is with the service advisors having been there before so thanks
4: yeah Uh,
2: um, for those of us uh, for those salespeople just starting what word of advice I guess or little tip would you give them when they're just approaching this job just getting started?
4: Right. I would say definitely utilizing all the tools we have, all the managers. We have a lot of great managers here that I feel like we can always go back to and ask for assistance. Um, I think there's, uh, if you're struggling, you know, getting sales, whatever, reach out to your sales manager. They usually give you ideas, brainstorm a way to get you up and running. But I think having a good relationship just with everyone, I mean, coworkers helping each other out, and then up to the sales and finance manager being organized, think goes a long ways too because that way everybody knows your schedule if you have an appointment set up and you're not just gonna have your customers sit there waiting for time to come for them so definitely setting up a schedule and having a good relationship with everyone that That's you That's great
2: with. those are good pointers well thanks right. alex yeah, we thanks, appreciate Al. your time here yeah, thanks for yeah.
3: coming on and keep keep crushing it we yeah. appreciate you thanks, doing a great guys. job man yep